Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Soccer Lad Duma Radio. This is a Shagana Corner. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode 29. Welcome to all of our listeners, whether you're listening to us on SL Radio, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or Mahi Gang FM. Welcome to game time. On today's show, everybody wants a piece of pizza. Champions League is in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons, and Tim Sukazi wants all the smoke with the free state. I am not alone busting through your eardrums. I have somebody who was ahead of his time. You know why? Because he had two gloves on before coronavirus. It's Sean Roberts. How you doing? <laughs> that is so bad. Thank you, Slew. I'm good, buddy. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining him and I is somebody who graduated magna cum laude from the Institution of Ball Distribution. It's Teko Murisa. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm good at you, Slew. <laughs> All good, all good. Yeah, it's like you guys. Morning, a- <laughs> yeah, man. Let's uh, let's uh, get off to a good start here. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so one big shout out to Mahi Gang FM again. Thank you for having us on. And uh, yeah, I think we can dive right on in. Sean usually has a uh, usually has all the jokes for us. Whether or not they're funny, <laughs> that's up to that's up for debate. Uh, that's a, <laughs> how, how do I better those intros, Steve? But anyway, I'll give it a go. So. Why can't you play soccer with pigs? Because they hog the ball. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Teko. Yes. Ball. What's up, Chief? <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know what's killing me about the jokes uh, like in the past few weeks yeah. is that the setup is just as <laughs> funny as the, as the, as the punchline. Yeah. So I'm like, why do you play soccer with pigs? <laughs> It's oh, so bad. Sorry, guys. Anyway, uh, so last week, we actually had kind of oddly perfect timing. We were chatting about Pizzo and Sundowns and Patrice Mutsipe just as Pizzo was signing his contract. Mm. And uh, he came out that day and he had a lot to say to, to journalists. He's, of course, been a little quiet or more quiet than usual, let me rather say. He, he has been talking to the media, but mm. he said quite a bit. He said um, he's had other offers from here, from South Africa. He's not going to mention teams because some of the things are confidential. Mm. Um, he says you talk to people, you get approached and you get humbled, but you don't get distracted. Mm. Uh, he went on to mention a, a nice quote from Steve Compella, uh, w- which is basically about, you know, don't look at, don't look outside of your circle too much. Kind of if, if, if you're happy at home, stay at home type of vibe. Um, but uh, I just love. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with that because I just love him saying I'm not going to mention teams because come on. I mean, you know, guys. Like, I'd love to get your thoughts here because I feel like we know which team he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, it can only be one team, really. You know. Um, but yeah, just to go on what uh, Compello was saying, I, I also enjoy that quote. Well, there's not many quotes I do enjoy from Steve, but this is one I do enjoy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's 100% right. Don't try to fix something that's not broken, you know. And um, he, with all that he's accomplished at Sundowns, they value him there. The fans love him. The players love him. He's a winner. Um, obviously, it helps with the open checkbook. Don't get me wrong. But um, what he's installed at Sundowns doesn't happen overnight. And we've, we've spoken about this at length, haven't we, Teko? That this takes years and years yeah. and years. And he's embedded a winning mentality at Sundowns. And the Sundowns hierarchy don't expect any less. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled he's staying. Um, I think the players are as well. Obviously, the presidents as well. So, in terms of the other club, we know who that is, guys. We don't have to say it, do we? We know who that is. 
I feel like you can say it though, Sean. You can say it. Can we say that it was possibly Kaiser Chiefs? Possibly. We know it in our hearts and our souls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's. Uh, I'm happy to see him stay. But but uh, but but also, Sean, you know, um, um, you know what uh, what? Oh, first of all, congratulations to Pizza for <laughs> you know for the new deal. Before we saying uh, before somebody else take this out of context. Yes. But before. <laughs> I think, um, um, you know, looking at how teams operate, it's it's it's, it's disgusting. It that it, it, it you look at it. Like he's the guy that he has a contract that's about to expire. Mamluri Sundowns, right? He's mm. busy negotiating, which is, and then on the other side, which is very normal to approach him and try and acquire his services. But yet again, you have a coach at the time that is still contracted with the team, mm. right? So now. Let's say now those things they didn't go according to plan to those teams. Now Peter here's Peter now signing a new for a deal with Mamluri Sundowns. How are you gonna go back and look at your coach in the eyes? Like, okay, coach, what's your plan for the new season? In the first place, you never wanted me here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because these people actually think that those type of conversations will never come out. Mm. Not in South Africa. You can't have those type of conversations very discreetly and come back and and expect Morindop to win the league mm. and be happy that I'm staying here. You know, you're not doing them a favor. They're earning the rights to be there. Mm. I think, you know, going forward, those are the kind of things that uh, teams are taking for granted. At first, nobody cared about South African coaches. Now, Pizzo, now coaches, now teams now starting to look at the South African coaches and start valuing them because of why it took them it took him so many years to even earn his right mm. to become one of the best paid coaches in the in the league. But also, you know, a guy that has a cooking certificate from Turkey will come in here and <laughs> coach for two months <laughs> and earn the type of money and be out of here in six months. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But but that's another thing. I think for me also, um, uh, looking at also what the requirements probably would be is probably go back to the Champions League and win it again. Because I think uh, with the higher salary bracket that is in, I think there's bigger and higher responsibilities. I don't think much will change, but I think maybe they'll, they'll be requiring more of him, probably maybe delivering more mm. and with more maybe dominance and all that stuff. And of course, there will be like a small margin of error, you know, like they will be looking at him like a hawk because he needs to justify every cent. At first, he was working to get to where he is. Mm. Now he has to justify what he's having. You know, and uh, and yeah, it's always nice, man, to see that uh, you know some teams also they they uh, they do come back and um, you know uh, respect the coaches that have done so much for them, and also for the coaches as well to be patient enough to handle those negotiations, and um, you know for the two parties to come back again and be yeah, like, happy with each other. I, I agree, but I, I, I disagree, Teko. I think he I think he has justified. I don't know what his um, salary is or whatever, but hmm. whatever it is. I think he's justified it. Do you not think he's justified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I think he's justified. But what I'm saying is, it took him so many years to actually get there, mm. to get to a point where he he could say like, guys, you know, like I'm a six figure guy, right? Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, we know. But for him, at first, he has to like earn his stripes. Right. For him to win this, win that, do that, do that. For you to be able to be in the in the type of a conversation. How many coaches have been coaching before Pito? That are, they will never be in that bracket. Yeah. That are still in the PSL as South African coaches. You know, that's what I'm saying. That for him, it took him so many years. I just hope that with him being in that same space, it will open so many doors for other coaches. Because they will be a bad dude if you, if you should decide to coach tomorrow, whatever the case might be. And then your star player is earning more than you. What are you going to say to him? Yeah, of course. That's true. 
and, and, and Sean, let me ask let me ask you this did you hear what he said about um al athli and zamalek in the same press conference where he mentioned the fact that you know they won the champions league meanwhile uh, people talk about Sundowns having a big budget, but Al Akli and Zamalek, they can buy players from Europe mm. for yeah. 3 million euros. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that that adds weight to the fact that he managed to win the Champions League without being able to do that, that sort of thing? Yeah, of course. And, and hence I say, I think he's justified um, in, in terms of what he's earning. And I presume it's it's a lot of money and, and well-deserved. Mm. Um, mm. And it's and it just makes that Champions League victory even even more sweeter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Now, considering this season, for example, where they're already out, do you think that this will spur them on to win the PSL? Or, or do you think that the, the title race still remains up, up for grabs? Or do you think that Sundowns have a bit of a mental advantage now? I, th- I, think, um, I think when the PSL eventually resumes, everything is going to be even. Do you know what I mean? Um, Chiefs will still have their little lead that they have. Sundowns will not be in the lead. It's a clean slate because we can't go back now on how Chiefs were playing. We can't go back now how Sundowns were playing and how they were catching Chiefs and how how well Chiefs were playing. As, as unpredictable that they were, they were playing well. Um, so, of course, any team is going to go back now into the PSL thinking that they can win, especially Sundowns and especially Chiefs. So I don't think it's going to be any upper hand to anybody. Um, at the moment, Chiefs are winning the league. Um, it's the only team I feel that can catch them is Sundowns, and that's that's how it is. And uh, nothing's going to change from that, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Well, we go abroad now to the international news desk. National News Desk is where we take a look at European leagues specifically. Sometimes we look uh, outside of those borders, but um, not today. Today we, ha- we have a look at the Premier League. Um, and of course, everything is still COVID focused. But uh, in the Premier League specifically, it's not about coronavirus this time. It's about injury risk with the proposed uh, 30-day period um, where wherein uh, teams will be playing eight matches in 30 days. Mm. Um and you know there's a there's a study done by this uh, artificial intelligence platform called zone 7 which estimates a 25% increase in injury risk for those players uh you know playing that amount of games in, in that in that time frame mm. um do you think that players will be looking at that going you know we kind of have to i mean in the in the EPL to be fair they have the money and also they have world-class youth development programs where they should have enough depth um, to kind of reduce that risk. Do you think that players, that this will make them nervous or do you think that they they know the reality and that they'll be ready for it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, Slew. Um, it's all about, you know, again, how these players are going to react after a game, how much recovery they do have. Um, obviously, the training will be minimalized to a maximum, I would imagine. Um, it'll be more of a recovery sort of set pieces. But just remember, though, this eight games in one month, this is what Sundowns are used to. Do you know what I mean? Like being in the Champions League, coming back, PSL. and But like you say, Sundowns have a team of depth, a squad of depth, which they can access, which they don't really, but because we know Pizza likes to keep with his starting 11 and whatnot. Um, but yeah, for sure, it's going to be playing in the back of the mind. Um, but in terms of a player going out and doing his job, they're all going to give 100%. They're going to be so hungry to get out there, guys. I mean, they just want to play football, man, at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I think, um, first of all, I think the challenges that they'll, they'll be facing is to, you know, to regain that fitness within a very, very, very short space of time. 
And like Shona said, they will be eager to go back and do the business because they haven't touched the ball in so long. Um, honestly, there will be injuries. We are going to see injuries. We're going to see guys pulling out of the game, guys struggling to finish the game. It is what it is because now we at the, you know, within the last hurdle of the league where everybody's fighting for something. You know, irrespective of what the objection of the team is, teams will be fighting for the league. And uh, you cannot tell me when uh, in in our side, like the Chiefs will come out of the first game, be relaxed, be complete. They want to go all out and increase the lead. So we're going to see injuries, that's for sure. Mm. And it's going to help the teams that have depth within the team, whether it's development side, because you can have depth and have development players and whatever the case may be. But if they haven't, you know, been tested in that stage, haven't been seen whether they can have, you know, yes, um, yes, they can actually adjust to the system and the players as well. There is no point. It's like you minus one player. Yeah. So I think it will help to 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 have the teams like uh, your bit vets, vets, they'll come out, you know, they'll be stronger. Your Mavlid Sandals, they'll come back and they'll be stronger. Probably Orlando Pirates as well, which I'm not sure, but they'll come back stronger because they always have players on the sidelines that are as good as the players that I have mm. on the pitch. You know, the challenges that we always seen with the Chiefs is now if if God forbid, if it happens our first game, all the three star players get out because of the injuries. What are they gonna do? Mm. You know? So it's gonna be a, a very, very, very tricky challenge for them. And you can't say to those players, hey guys, you know, just just go give me seventy five percent. It's okay. These are the guys that want to win the win the league. They haven't won the league since yeah, of course. Mandela died. Of course. You know? How about this? How about this? Uh, you know, in in England we're talking about the Premier League. Here we're talking about the PSL. What if what if um you know there's pressure on them to bring the FA Cup back or the Nedbank Cup back this side? Um, do you think that those cup competitions should just be null and void because everybody is avoiding that conversation and I don't know why. I, I think Slu, the, the the thing is, Chief. Um, um, here's other people that have sponsored the tournament or sponsored that cup for so so long, mm. right? They've got rights, they've paid in advance, and they've got their plan and activities and events, whatever the case may be, that has been planned in advance. Now you must understand now they're looking at you like, okay, cool, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna finish the league? If you can finish the league, which means you can squeeze me in there. Of course. You know, you know what I mean? I need to get something because of you finishing the if the league was saying, okay, guys, we're done with the league, we wouldn't have a conversation of guys, we need to continue with FA Cup, guys. Can we continue with Melbourne Cup? It's not the case for the fact that we're finishing the league, we're finding ways how to finish the league. I'm damn sure they can squeeze in the net become there. Because at the end of the day, this cup means more to other teams than Mamli de Sundowns, KJ Chiefs and Orlando Pirates. Yeah, agreed. So we need to give those teams an opportunity to play that cup. Absolutely. True. Well, but okay, say Sean that there's a 25% increase in playing the remainder of a season, the just the league season. What do you think is the is it is okay, say you say you're a coach mm. and you have to plan now for this condensed schedule. Mm. What do you do once okay, now they bring the FA Cup back into there, they bring the Nedbank Cup back in and you go, "Man, now it's like we're playing every 3 days." And these players have been off for so long. Mm. What, 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 what? How do you tactically prepare for something like that? Because obviously, your your tactics can change game by game mm. because players do get injured, as we've mentioned. I, I think teams with bigger squads, especially with the the cup competitions, will access those bigger squads. We've seen it in the past where. Um, you see your second string team play, or, or not all of them, but the majority of a second string team play in the cup competitions. And that we'll probably see, if you know what I mean. So in terms of tactics, nothing will change. But in terms of ac accessing the depth within the squad, in terms of a cup competition, I think they'll have to slew. They'll have to. They'll have no choice.
Yeah, and also the coaches as well. I think it puts more stress on them and stress. The as well. Yeah, because now it requires them to come with new forms and new ways of how to have these training sessions. And and I think this it's it gives them also a bigger opportunity to believe on the data that they have. Because when they're using this tracker thing that they have, the vest that they have, they need to you know rely more on the data what the data says. Yeah. And if somebody needs to pick up a little bit, somebody needs to put more a little bit, they need to do that. You can't go in such a short space of time and be emotional and be like, guys, I need you guys to run UCT the whole month. You need to go up and down, and you can't be, do that. So now it it it, it gives us it gives all also the coaches that never believed in the science, you know, to be in the system so that we can, you know, move forward into the game because probably maybe next season more science thing will be developed, more things will be helping the players actually to get fitter or maybe to sustain the injuries, you know. Yes, so. agreed, agreed. Um, so looking elsewhere in Europe, uh, sports events in March have been uh, earmarked as, as places where increased suffering and death was caused. Um, so data gathered from millions of volunteers found coronavirus hotspots shortly after the Cheltenham Festival and Liverpool's Champions League match against Atletico Madrid specifically. Mm. Uh, Professor Tim Spector uh, said rates of cases locally increased several fold in those areas. So my question is, because we did know about uh, COVID-19 at the time, we saw it spreading. We didn't you know, people people didn't necessarily know how leagues were going to respond necessarily, but everyone knew about the dangers of this virus. Is UEFA liable for continuing with those matches? Yo, Slew, it's a big question. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more stories come out like this, to be honest. I think this is first of many. Um, Slew, I don't know. I mean, it's... it's it's um it's a it's a big decision taken by UEFA. I mean, it was just one or two games, wasn't it? So yeah. if you look at the bigger scheme of things, then yes, they're gonna be have to hold liable. Um but somebody had to make that call, whoever that person was, I don't know. But uh it's 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 such a big question. So I, I honestly don't know. Uh Tex, maybe you've got an answer for that. Yeah, I, I don't know, but just but it's just that my opinion would be like like you're right, Sean. At the time, um I think we we didn't know exactly what what is it that we need to do because if, even though there was a recognition of the the virus itself but there was no country that was on lockdown whatsoever mm. you know and i think there was no precaution measures taken at the time and like you said sean there was a call that needed to be made and i think there was two games i think one of liverpool versus i think atletico madrid if i'm not mistaken and also around that time there were events, there were festivities, people were having a jaw, drinking beer, whatever the case might be, right? <laughs> so now so now we can't isolate it and say UEFA. There was events also that are happening. And we know that, you know, uh, uh, in London or whatever the case may be, we know that people are traveling all over, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and also it's, 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 it's just that probably maybe the reaction after that wasn't, wasn't maybe quick enough. You know, like to see, or because there isn't probably maybe there was no reaction on time because we didn't know exactly what we're dealing with, whether to lock down, or whether to cancel the games, or let's cancel the games and see what what happens. Yeah. Because we actually waited, waited, waited until it was too late for other countries to do so. So I just think, like you said, yes, there are people that needs to be, you know, uh, to take responsibility of this. But I think for us to actually sit down and try and pinpoint fingers and who started this, if we have to. St- to pinpoint people, we need to go start a channel. Like, chief, you guys, you started this thing, <laughs> you know. But, but in terms, in terms of UF, I don't think they they're the only ones who are responsible for that. I think at the time they needed to make a call. So, 
it's just unfortunate the call wasn't right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- and the only reason why I bring this up, and I know I'm not a lawyer, but there's cases that I've heard where the reason why McDonald's on the hot coffee have that marking that, that says, caution, this is hot, <laughs> is because somebody sued McDonald's for <laughs> yeah. spilling that coffee on themselves and they won. <laughs> so... You know, I, I just know there's going to be a family member of somebody who, who got coronavirus and they were at this Champions League match trying to sue UEFA. And yeah. I just I just wonder, you know, would they win that case? Is it, it sounds ridiculous. It really don't does. Give but, him, don't give him don't ideas, think, Lou, please. please. <laughs> please don't I'm, give I'm the originator. Ideas, <laughs> Damn, what have you started, Slu? What have you started? <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're gonna trace it back to me now. I'm not. <laughs> now start being investigated and all that stuff. Uh, real quick, the Sokola Duma newspaper is coming back to your shelves. That's right. From the third of June, the print edition will be available again. Pick up a copy at your local Shoprite, You Save, Checkers, Pick and Pay, Spa, and other stores. We're also available at petrol stations and spaza shops. So get your copy for only four rand. If you can't find a copy at your usual store, email editor at sokoladuma.co.za. Uh, but up next, we have a feature called The Secret Footballer. For those of you who don't know, our sister publication kick off on their back page. They have uh, The Secret Footballer and somebody uh, from the local football space always tells a story about what's going on uh, and their experiences and they keep their identity anonymous. But Sean Roberts tells us what's going on and what their feelings are. What do you have for us this week? Yes, Lou. So this Secret Footballer has um, spoken about, and, and I've also got a story about this, so it sort of fits in nicely. Just with regards, he's played all over the world as well um, and has played on various artificial pitches and how he disagrees with them, etc. I know when I played in Europe, um, when it was snowing or whatever, you'd, you'd play on the artificial pitch or you'd play indoor. And um, especially when I came back to Ajax, they built that artificial pitch for the training field, which was the worst decision ever. And, you know, I had a <laughs> terrible, terrible injury, um, which is sort of career-threatening. And Teko, just to get your thoughts on that, I mean, I'm obviously... And obviously, our weather allows for not to have uh, synthetic pitches here. But what's your feeling on that? I mean, it's 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 they are used worldwide. Don't get me wrong, especially the sort of Eastern European countries. Yeah. But um, obviously, I'm anti them. What's mm-hmm. what, what's your take on artificial pitches? Like, like Sean, honestly, I I I never never uh, liked them from from the get go. Mm. The thing is, I'm so used to used to playing on the grass and I know my ways around the grass. I think the first time I actually had to play an official game at an artificial pitch, I struggled the whole game because I couldn't understand how the ball bounces Mm. and it's so hard. I started feeling pains on my joints. I started feeling old and I was 26. I was like... Mm. Is there something wrong with my knees or something? But but it's just that because you're so not used to it. I I, I I took forever to understand it. I never had a great game. And I doubt that I'll ever have a great game on an artificial pitch. Sure. And yes, with, with, with us uh, uh, footballers that are not used to the pitch, we've seen so many injuries that occurs on that. And also with the guys that are so used to it, artificial, of, um, uh, artificial pitch, whenever they come onto the green one, you know, the normal green grass, they also suffer injuries. So I think it's if, if it's suitable, for, for, for other countries where there's no hmm. uh, infrastructures, whatever the case may be, yes, you, you can't expect it to go to Congo Brazzaville and have a nice 
gonna have artificial pitch, which is fine, which we understand. Yeah. And as a national team as well, we used to go to other countries where we had to we have to resort in playing into artificial pitches. Mm. But it's just that it's just that in Africa, we a country that we know that most, 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 probably 90 to 95 percent of the countries we have in Africa, they have artificial pitches. Yeah. And as a South Africans who have so much infrastructure, we're the ones that actually struggle whenever we get we're given a chance to go and play against them. Yeah, for sure. The only other sport that I can think of, um, no, now that I think about it, is with, that plays on multiple surfaces is tennis. Um, I think every other sport, they, they stick to one. Basketball is always a wooden court. Soccer is usually mm. grass. I mean, it's just recently that the artificial pitches have, have come into play. Do you think that maybe the technology of, of the developing of the, of the artificial pitch just hasn't kind of matched grass it, yet, it, like they haven't it like, did. matched it properly. Uh, it did, Slu, because yeah. other countries, other yeah. countries, they've mixed grass with artificial. Mm. You know, they, they, they're they busy mixing it. I think I had this conversation with uh, Surprise Ralan because he played overseas for the longest time and he was he's used to artificial pitch. Then I started asking him, didn't you uh, like struggle with this? Because he had also threatening, you know, uh, injuries that would end his career as well. So, but he said to me like, they, when he left, they had the system where the grass has been mixed with an artificial pitch, but you will never see it because they all look the same. Mm. But now I'm saying that you see now that's where the science comes in. At least now there's evolution behind that. It's no longer just an artificial pitch the whole way. Mm. So now they're trying to mix it a bit. So I think we might get most of that, but don't expect those things to come in Africa after the coronavirus yeah yeah sean sean quick question there since since you, since you brought it up keepers tend to have a pretty heavy drop sometimes you guys fall you know you jump up and then you come crashing down is it mm. is it heavier on a, on a on an artificial pitch than it is on grass it is it is indeed but i think the the big thing in, in terms of where the injuries come from is that sharp little movement that sharp turn that mm. that quick mm. stop mm. that change of direction that's where the trouble comes in i think with goalkeepers obviously yes um you'll get hurt diving but you get used to it your body adapts it's those little 10 meter sprints or that change in direction which Teko will probably agree with me that's where mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. the big injuries come in where it's a torn ACL or a tendon whatever and that's that's the problem that's what I'm uh, uh, attesting to and I'm assuming like slide tackles and stuff like that oh well. don't even go there man oh <laughs> <laughs> damn I'm just I'm just imagining the skin scrape that's oh, what I remember Play, playing in high school there was a couple times where I tried to slide tackle people would be like Brad don't slide tackle slew slew you have never played soccer, buddy. Come on. Come on. Yeah, hey, <laughs> listen. Come on. You played I played high. Y'all, y'all hating on the boy. All right. After I nah. give you the nice intro. I see. <laughs> you played a hockey. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh my God. I would never play hockey in my life. <laughs> Terrifying sport. It is. Um, but uh, up oh, next, we have... Uh, <laughs> in the in the newspaper today in the Sakaladuma paper if you pick it up it's only four bucks you can get it online but we are back on the shelves next week uh we have this special in uh in, in there called the cs special today they investigated are orlando pirates good enough uh so you know they they did a full analysis of their season um the signings they made last year uh, what they need, the, the trophy drought that they have, which is now six years. They've been twice runners-up in, re- in recent years, no cigar. 11 signings in the last window, potentially another three in the coming window. Mm. Brand new coach who started to turn things around with a great string of results, six-match winning streak between January and February. They are now mathematically in the title race, but more realistically, they're contenders for a top three finish. Mm. Uh, how would you rate Orlando Pirates, guys, in your, in your estimations? Yeah, Slu, um, it's a good question. 
Um, look, I mean, it wasn't the best of starts for Pirates. We know that with Rolani leaving. Um, Zimbauer has come in and he's he's been a sort of a, a breath of fresh air, as, as we can see as an outside uh, a group. Um, the players love him. They're playing good football. They're a pleasure to watch. Um, you must remember, this is a team that had 11 new players coming in to the start of the season with 15 players leaving. That's a whole new squad altogether. Um, had those players really um, impressed, I can think of Mango and Makaringa. The rest, I'm not convinced. Uh, they brought in a goalkeeper, Dele, who's been poor. Um, it's not easy for a foreign keeper, especially at a club like uh, uh, Orlando Pirates. Um, they have made it very clear that they're interested in beefing up their central defense coming the next season. They've been looking at Tulalin Shachwaya. Whether that happens, I'm not too sure. Um, they've been interested in Bradley Krobler with some more firepower up front. And also, they will still need a new goalkeeper. With Wayne Sandlands being, I think, 37 this year, though he's done very, very well, they're going to need someone to challenge him. Mm. Um, I think in the midfield, they've been fine. Um, they've been uh, talking about securing Ben Matsuari on a new long-term deal. So, in, in essence, to conclude, I think Orlando Pirates, Orlando Pirates, this squad we're seeing, will be dynamite in the next two, three seasons. Or maybe even next season. But this is a team that is, you can see that is being built. And if they can continue to keep the players that they have, with a couple of changes here and there, this team will be on fire in the next two, three, two, three years, without a doubt. Quick question before we go over to Deco. How mm. much patience do you think Pirates supporters have now? How many years do you think they're willing to wait? Uh, I think they can see the progress that has been made. I think they believe that for the first time in a while, they have a coach that they believe in. Um, so if they get, if they're a little bit patient, as I think the chairman is, um, they will see a power, power Orlando Pirates that we used to six seasons ago. We used to a powerhouse of a team, and um, I'm looking for that day to come. But I do believe we're about a season to 18 months away from that happening. Oh, is Pirates good enough? Do you, Sean? Do you know there was a guy that uh, um, I was first introduced to as uh, viewers when Deji Paktao, do you know Deji Paktao was a presenter? Yes, I know. And then there was a, a Paris fan, uh, his name is called Good Enough. Okay. Um, you need to check mm. him. Yes. <laughs> He's a legend. Guy. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that guy. That guy's needed right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, for, for Orlando Paris, I think there's, uh, uh, the reality is they need additions into the team. Mm. Yes, they have a good squad, but they need uh, maybe three or four additions into the team, not merely based on the talent, but also the leadership that they need to have on the pitch. I think they've got so much talent, but there's not many too, uh, there's not too many leaders into the Orlando Pirates team, mm. you know. And uh, I think that additions, like Sean has said, I think you need a centre back, and we all know who they're looking for. Mm. And uh, they need a striker. We all know where the rumours have been going. And the goalkeeper, you know who's available for goalkeepers as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, you need a goalkeeper that will come in and, 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 and be number one. You don't want the goalkeeper that will be, um, you know, one of the four or five goalkeepers that they have. You need somebody that has been playing regularly, somebody that will come in. And also, uh, they, they're looking at a person that has an international experience who's a number one in this country. Mm. And this is not... <coughs> <this story. coughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and this is this is not the suit to my friend. It's it's it's, it's a big country. Yeah, 
So now they, they need those things. And, 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 and Sean, you, I think you'll agree with me. For those who believe in a structural football, they'll tell you that the spine of the team is important. Yes. Like a striker, a centre midfield, you know, whether it's a centre back or whether it's a goalkeeper, mm. that spine is as important. And, and I think like a solid defence will win you championships. Like, yes, offence will give you, will give you trophies, will give you, you know, winning games. But I think a solid, solid defence will win you championships. And we know that the reason why Alan Pirates we came second last season behind Alana Pirates as Mamdudi Sundance, it was because of defence. It wasn't because of the, they were not scoring enough goals. Yes, there's players this season that have came in, have done well, they've been pressed, but we still struggled with defence because they had games that they could have won. There's games that they could have, you know, had zero behind, but they were considering more. There were talks about happy, finding a better uh, replacement or maybe happy partnering somebody. So mm. it's always been rotation at the back. Hence, you see the offence has always been uh, promising and because of they being having the same uh, faces that are and the understanding becomes better and yet again like Shona said they do have a coach that now the fans believe the players love mm. he's a guy that has a charisma you know he's nice he's approachable mm. so, you know for for first time in a while Pirates have a coach like that and I think when it comes to the patient type of vibe I don't think they they have too much patience. If Chiefs win the league this time around, Orlando Pirates fans will expect uh, Orlando Pirates to win uh, the league next season. It, and it wouldn't be because, because bear in mind that if Kansas Chiefs win the league this season, mm. and none of us will be speaking about how Kansas Chiefs won it. We'll be speaking about Kansas Chiefs are the champions of the league. So Orlando Pirates will will take away the fact that the team is playing so well. They'll be like, hey guys, we know people that never played inter- interesting football, but they won the league. Don't come and tell us we want to play entertaining football. So I think the shift of the pressure once Orlando Kansas uh, Chiefs win the league, mm. it's going to be huge for Orlando Pirates. Hence, it's important for Orlando Pirates to get those uh, additions into the team as quickly as possible and make sure also that you have like a, a nice number of, 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 of the players within the team because you don't want to have uh, too many players that are not happy within the team because now you have your Mlambo that has been playing very well with other coaches mm. now he's not playing now you're looking to extend Ben Mutsuare's contract so if you have 18 to 19 players that are secured within their jobs and they've been given a task guys this is your job this is go out and win the league mm. it becomes easy because everybody's everybody's comfortable with my job i know that even though the window period opens you know that's a very good point seko it's a very very good point but just to touch on uh, the goalkeeping situation i'm always quite a critic um obviously played in that position but i know we all think well we all know they're looking at richard ofori but he for me He's good enough for overseas. He's good enough to play in Europe, in my opinion. And he yeah. should be really, really looking at that. I think uh, with all due respect to Pirates, I think Pirates should be not necessarily his last choice, but certainly his focus should be overseas. I don't know what you guys think yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, Sean, this is the guy that's going to go to the World Cup. Yeah. Definitely be the guy that, you know, will be Qatar there giving us views in that nice hotel. <laughs> but... We, we 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 need to also understand one thing Sean. like we 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 have different uh uh outlooks on things some other players they their dream is the PSL is the pinnacle that's it I want to be dominant here that's it that's what I want to do yeah no some of them we 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 might see them and look at them like this guy's got so much potential I wish he can go overseas mm. You know, and you find that that there's so many things that he has within his game that will make him not to succeed overseas. Hmm. 
you know, and, and I think those are the kind of things that we normally don't speak about. We think, we look at the qualities we never speak about. Mm. For instance, let, let me make it a practical example. Do you know how difficult it is for Pesci to be a striker at his height? Mm. You know, overseas. Yeah, locally can come here. Hey, fantastic and classic. There, with that height, you have to be a Guero chief. You need to be giving me 100 goals in two years yeah. for you to play in that height. Strength and all that stuff. So there's so many adjustments that needs to be done. Mm. And that's just me talking about, the, you know, somebody like I know that person for sure. But for goalkeeping department, I'm sure there's a lot of things that they're looking at. And I'm not sure whether Ofori taking nothing away from the guy is talented. Yes, I want him to go overseas. I wish he could, yeah. you know, so that we can have a great story. But if it doesn't, if he wants to dominate in the, in the league, he wants to play in the PSL, and he still wants to keep his place also in the national team, he needs to go to a big team. Agreed. And and to your point, Deco, low-key, the PSL has a long and storied history with foreign goalkeepers being dominant in this league. So... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it would be cool to see. Let me ask you this: in 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 terms of um, Pirates' wish list, I think they've had some struggle trying to get Tyson over. Um, yeah. You know, let's let's remove um, let's remove Ofori from the discussion. We obviously know they need a, a goalkeeper, mm. but apart from that, in the outfield, who would be on your Pirates' wish list going into this transfer window? Uh, besides Ofori, besides me. Ofori, besides Tyson. Uh, for me, is I would say they need a striker, and the striker that is available right now, based on either form or different dynamic that will bring into the game, there's only two. You have Bongin Tuli, but Hropper. So you need to choose which one you want to use because both of them, they've got two, uh, not similar style, they've got a different style, but they want to bring what Orlando Pires don't have. Orlando Pires are with Mango. Mango is the mover. You need sometimes you're going to need to have somebody that will actually hold on into the ball to bring all the other guys in and Mbongi Tule has that type of strength and he also moves um, probably is a you know he's a finisher of note mm. with a team like Orlando Pirates that creates so many chances you know he'll, he'll find joy I think also they need somebody that could come in into the midfield and help Ben Mosuar because mm. Ben is a type of player that will forever be stuck in committed he'll get suspensions he'll get injuries you need somebody that will continue in that front and right now they don't have they only have Makarenga who's a ball player mm. and you look at Makarenga you look at Mlambo uh, Mdambo all this Mlam Mlam Mla they all play similar <laughs> Mamela yeah, yeah they all, they all they all play similar and the similar positions they are taking midfielders and hey the box of box players and all that stuff but nobody is doing what Ben Mutuari is doing I remember saying the importance of Ben Mutuari this is in Orlando Paris has been amazing he, says, he doesn't do much but what he's doing, it's it's amazing. It, it keeps the team together. It makes the team click. So now if they don't have somebody like that within Orlando Pirates, and if you remember, Orlando Pirates always had somebody in that position that has been good. Mm. The history will tell you, you always have your Andy Lejalis, your uh, mm. Eddie Dina, you can go back, or Konko. Mm. You can go back and back and back. There's always been, Sam Pam also played in that. There's always been somebody in that position that is good. And right now they have Ben Musa. They need to add on for them to actually start competing in the Champions League. They're going to add to add in that position ah interesting interesting take uh so we move on to this week in football history today we remember great moments from the past we dive into the time capsule join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history well history 
This week in 2016, we lost one Ted Dumitru, one of South Africa's greatest ever coaches at the age of 76. He coached, and this is very rare, all of the big three teams. He's a four-time PSL champion, four-time Coca-Cola Cup champion, a Netbank Cup champion, and the list goes on and on. You just got to find his wiki page. We don't have all day over here. <laughs> this week, back in, two, in 2004, the special one, Jose Mourinho and FC Porto, lifted the UEFA Champions League for the second time in the club's history. Benny McCarthy uh, became the first South African to win uh, a Champions League winner's medal. And a fun fact that people often forget, especially South Africans, because we only focused on Benny's uh, victory there. Ricardo Carvalho and Deco were also part of that Porto side. Uh, yeah. And eventually, obviously, went on to uh, greener pastures. I'm talking green like that cheddar, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then <laughs> this week, back in 2000, I, I, I find this one fascinating because we don't talk about Scottish football ever. I mean, rightfully so, but like, you know, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. Rangers defeated Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup final, making them the first club in the world to secure 100 major trophies. Wow. A century mm. of silverware. Mm. How's about that? Interesting. Oh, Rangers. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class Class Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, who they playing against there? Eh? Aberdeen. You see? That's <laughs> what we don't talk about. They you play see? against pharmacists. They play against the truck drivers. <laughs> hey, well, real talk though. Let's actually... Aberdeen is Alex Ferguson's first team. Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah we, 19, 19 what? When World <laughs> War Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh man up next uh we have uh, another piece uh that we find interesting from the soccer duma paper they did an analysis on eric matoho the tower yeah, uh man. they looked at his strengths they looked at his weaknesses uh so i thought i'd ask you guys this question because i've kind of been debating this uh, we've we've spoken about him a couple times on the show um do you guys think he's over or underrated uh because you know sometimes in the in the in the fan reaction show sometimes they say he's the best defender of the season um other times it looks like he might be slow and sluggish in some games i've found so in your opinion uh this season is has he been you know underrated like he you know he deserves his his his, his flowers or overrated in that he sometimes gets away with a lot of mistakes yes lou it's um just to quickly give you my opinion um, I think under Compella and under Solinas, it wasn't his finest of hours, as we all know that. He struggled with injury, underused, didn't fit into the system, underperformed. And I think that once the trio of Dax and Khadebe and XDN left, um, I think, and this is what I think Mirindorp should get a bit of credit here, is that he had no choice but to sort of change the system because you've got someone like Nurkovic, you've got Castro that are on form that enjoy the long balls up to them. And that suits um, Tawa big time. That suits him. And um, don't forget that this is a central defender that's going to get you five to eight goals a season as well, which is very rare in any league in the world. Um, he's got the ability to play forward. He's got the ability to go forward, knowing that you've got someone like uh, Willard Katsanda behind you or George Madaleka. Um, so, yeah, I think he's he's been unlucky. I think he's improving as each game goes on, the more he plays. And I think Tower is a player that thrives on confidence. And the more he plays, the better he gets, as with any player, but especially him. So um, I think defensively, he's been very good this season. He's big. He um, Those crosses that come in, he's able to get rid of them. His control of defense has improved so much if you watch him over the last season. So if, if people are underrating him now, um, I disagree. I think he's a very good player. 
Um, I wouldn't say he's the best in the league, but he's a very, very good central defender. I think he's getting better every season. Mm-hmm. And as long as he plays, he's only going to get better and better. That's my opinion. Who, who, do, you think, who do you think outranks uh, Matoho this season in the league? Um, I've always liked Shashwayo. I think he's a solid, when he's playing a central back, he is, um, yeah, I've played with him at Ajax. He's, he's for me, a brute and honest strength, um, fearless and a leader, an out-and-out leader. So, at the, and you've got Daruk at Maritzburg has been very, very good. I'm not saying they outranked him. I'm just saying, um, you know, Tulani's been playing central defense. He's been playing for the last eight to 10 seasons regularly. Do you know what I mean? So, it, it, and he's our national team uh, captain at some stage as well. So, um, yeah, Daruk from Maritzburg has been exceptional. Um, Tawa's been great. Tulani's been great. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, my Bundes, Yeah, I mean the, the guys have been great. You know, there's a, bit, a lot of good central defenders, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, eh? defenders. You know, I don't like speaking about defenders because they'll be like, "Dude, you are not even marking in your career." <laughs> but, but I'll say, I'll, I'll say this: like, um, when it comes to Mato, especially this season, like I've watched him ever since he came to to Kaiser Chiefs. This season specifically, maybe because Kaiser Chiefs are playing to most of them's strength, you know, I think this season he he has played well. Whether he's um, the best defender in the league, I, 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 my opinion is I highly doubt it, mm. but he's amongst the guys that are actually doing well within the season. Like Sean has said, the importance of him, you know, getting those goals and not just hitters, you know, he's got, he, you know, he's a guy that is, when he's inside that box, you know, for some weird reason, he's very brave. He can control the ball and shoot. But when it comes to the case that she's building up from the back, then it becomes a problem. Mm. You know, and I think that's one of those things that that's not his strength. And hence, you you see when he's there, uh, of course, they, they don't make too many mistakes because, you know, they, they always have somebody to cover each other. I mean, that's how you work as a defense. But he's, of course, like any other defender, like your Shachwayo, like your Deruk, like your Madisha, they all have these weaknesses that if you find them, you have to utilize them. But as a, as a centre-back, a top centre-back, you always need to minimize your, your weaknesses. And I think that this is, and he has improved so much. Because for me, if you're a centre-back, I think this is an advice going forward. And this is how I see football going forward because we do watch international football. I think going forward, you're going to go back to having your centre-backs that knows how to pass the ball out because mm. that's where the, t- the game is going. If you're a centre-back that likes to be uh, me, I'm a centre-back that will mark one-on-one with the striker. The teams are going for four strikers now. So who are you going to mark? So you need to be able to help the team play when they're in position of the ball. Because now when you're not in position of the ball, the chances are you're going to be forced to mark midfielders that are coming through. So now it requires your game to actually elevate a little bit. So I think most of the centre-backs that we have right now that are actually have signs of showing that there are very few. Madisha can do that can come in with the ball into the midfield and add on into the midfield, the passing game. Mm. Uh, I've seen Lebusa doing that. I've seen Deruk doing that. Yes, his passing is not as crisp, but I've seen him doing that. And, uh, he can and hold uh, the ball very well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And making proper decisions with the ball. You don't have to kick the ball forward, but you need to rotate the ball. You need to be in position of the ball. Also, depending on what time of the game it is. So I've seen younger players doing the right decisions. But what I'm saying is, the rook that Marie's biggest though doesn't have the same pressure as Mato has at Kaiser Chiefs. So now also it it it, it also shifts a little bit. They're like, yeah, but the rook is good, but can he do what Mato is doing at that level every week? 
now that's a different conversation. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is that it's interesting to see all the younger ones doing the right things, improving the game. Yes, Matos is, uh, you know, he's a guy that has been there. He's played for Celtics for when Celtics were Celtics. Now it's Bloemfontein Celtics. So now you're seeing a guy that has improved, improved, improved all of these years. But it's one of those guys also. Tulane has been longer in the PSL. You know, they've got the structural game, how they play. Tulane is very strong aerially. Also, he's not the best passer of the ball. Hmm. You know, so now that's why I'm saying that it's always interesting to see the younger ones that are coming up to see them playing the proper football that we love seeing playing. We want to play from the back. We want to see goalkeepers starting the ball from the back. Of course, two minutes before the game ends, you're trailing 1-0. We understand that. But you want to see all this passing game and you want the central midfielders to do that. You want your midfielders to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually interested to see how many will unfold come next season or years to come. So Mato is, is a good defender, but not the best in the country. Hmm. So we, we, we're going to see if he's able to adapt in time. Uh, real quick, I, we, we, we have to do an update to this story because we, what is going on with Bloom Celtic? Uh, so Tim Sugazi is adamant about this sale, even though uh, Celtic's uh, chairman came out last week and said, nah, you know, nothing is, uh, nothing is final yet. Tim Sugazi came out and said, um, I have to reiterate what I had said before, namely that um, if there is a free state-based person who wants to buy Celtic, he is welcome to put his money where his mouth is. However, if there is no such person or they cannot put down the money, then we as TX Galaxy FC should not be precluded from buying the status when it is available, end quote. It's just an open challenge saying, nah, what's it, Bloom Celtic is mine until anybody says, no, I've got more money. Um, I don't. Yeah, I just need to ask you guys real quick: Is this good for the PSL? This sort of weird back and forth, right status issue, signing papers, but then going back on your word and moving clubs to Mpumalanga now. What what is this going to do to to the brand and and to the sanctity of just you know teams being in a city and just you know that being it? Well, I think what Tim Sakazi has openly said as well, and in all defence to him, is that he wants. A, a Bloom, a Bloom Celtic to stay in Bloom, but he, he would rather not buy it than see someone else come in and buy it in Bloom and keep it Bloom Celtic. He's openly said, guys, if there's a Bloemfontein uh, businessman that wants to buy a Bloom Celtic, please come do it. But no one's doing it. So he says, well, I've got the money to do it. And if I can do this, I've got the rights to move the club. He's, he's well within the rights to do that. Is it cool? Is it nice? Is it Should it be done this way? No, of course not. But this is the PSL. Anything's possible there. <laughs> at the end of the day it's sad but true yeah but I, I, I wish that you know all this uh, negotiations and all this back and forth will be done discreetly you know because at the end of the day we have players and a technical team that are still waiting for their salaries they don't know whether they'll be having jobs mm. post-COVID and then you're going on and on about yeah if you want to come inside hey I'm Lissedi Mangmam from Bloemfontein I'm living in Devon I want to sign it and so I think there's there's so many things that can be done this week. I mean, this is a business at the end of the day. And if they don't treat the company as a business, it shows you as well what has been going on. Because every week there's somebody different that, you know, speaks about this issue. You know, everyone is allowed to speak on the matter. Figures being thrown in the air. Like, guys, I mean, this is, you know, it's it's, it's very disturbing for me because of, for me, it's like my 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 most in interest is on the players and the technical team like those are the assets of the team i'm looking at yeah guys but 
why don't you have these meetings? I mean, there's so many hotels. There's Zoom, guys. Let's Zoom each other. Let's have this meeting and put the numbers. Let the lawyers speak. Once all everything is said and done, the papers have been signed, then the team can come out with a statement. Not somebody that is putting in an offer. Why, why are we giving people that are putting in an offer airtime even to write the piece about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, people, are, people are going people are going on Mshobo when any FM now and said, that's what Tim Sugazi did and, and said no 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 what the what the chairman said is wrong we've 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 got the rights I just feel like they're treating it like like an auction like, like yeah because a prize bull. I know because Bloomfontein Celtics went to all these people you know with their pants on the floor so now they 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 disrespecting Bloomfontein Celtics not understanding what Bloomfontein Celtics has been to that community mm. for how long what it means to them and then you come here irrespective of if you've got money or not put some respect on the team's name you can't come here and go to this all the radio station just because mm. they don't have content now you're treating Bloomfontein Celtics like they're a newly promoted team yeah. do you know how many players has been produced from Bloomfontein Celtics mm. good point put some respect on the team's name absolutely you know yeah moving on we've got uh, some transfer rumors I want to do this a little differently I'm going to call it are you buying it because obviously these are rumors <laughs> and uh, this is speculation we don't know if it'll actually happen so I've got three here yeah and uh, up first, we have Jeremy Brocky. Uh, will he be returning to Supersport United? You see, Sundowns have until Ooh, nah, this nah, Sunday. Nah. <laughs> oh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Sundowns have until Sunday, uh, May 31st, to confirm whether or not the club will exercise their option to keep Brocky at Glorkop. And a return to Supersport United is now being rumored where he could either partner or potentially replace Bradley Krobler. Are you buying it? Uh, quickly, um, <laughs> it's it's very rare that a club like Supersport would take a player back, especially the way the whole transfer happened, etc. So, um, if Bradley is to leave, then yes, um, I might see it. But it's 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 very hard for me to to see that this might happen. To be honest, um, there's there's not many other clubs that I see him do going to. To be honest, if if things don't happen at Sundowns for him, mm. um, possibly a Vitz, he might fit into the structure there. But um, I'm I'm on the fence with this, Slew. I'm on the fence, bud. I'm 50-50. 50-50. 50-50. Fifty fifty. For me, I'll say just quickly. I think him coming back to for Mamdou the Sundowns, it'll be just to extend their, their, their option because at the end of the day, this is business. They wouldn't want to buy somebody in that type of money and just let go for free. I think they'll come back and exercise the option and sell him somewhere. Whether they get less or whatever the case might be, I think they need to get something. And if he mm-hmm. has to go back to Supersport, I think that'll only rely on what Hobler decide. I think Hobler is the one that has the cards of the future for Brokett Supersport. If, Bro- if Hobler goes, then there might be a deal. But if also Brokett comes back, the way he left, he mustn't expect, you know, when he gets there, you know, the carpet is going to be rolled out for him because they probably might get even less what he was getting. So it's just that it's going to be that type of a thing. And I don't see him playing at Vets. I've seen guys that exactly look like him that goes to vets, play six months, two years down the line, they are Amazon. So I don't, I don't know. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. So we, we're not buying it just yet. Let's see what you got, Robla. Where are you going? Uh, <laughs> up next, we've got uh, Ntangase. Is he, is he too expensive to move? His status apparently depends on whether Middendorp stays or leaves at Keza Chiefs. Uh, but also the fact that Chiefs paid 3 million rand for him uh, might make them exercise their options, keep him at, Natu- at Naturena just to get bang for their buck, similar to Brocky at Sundowns. So do you guys think any club would be willing to help Chiefs recoup some of that money or do you think Chiefs is just going to hold on to him for now? Sure. Um, 
you know, it's tough to pay any sort of money for a player that hasn't been playing much. Mm, um, mm, so, mm. so that should answer the question. Um, it's also mm. not in Kaiser Chiefs' interest just to keep him because they're also wasting money. Um, but yeah, I, sure, it's a tough one. Hey? I, I don't think a club will come in to buy him, to be honest. So if Chiefs really want to be, I wouldn't say nasty because this is what football is. The players sign the contract. If they want to uh, be what football football clubs be, then um, they'll keep him. They'll take up the option. Mm, I think... You know, like I've I've said this, uh, I think John, you've said this about this boy, how talented he is. Mm. And it's just that it's unfortunate that, you know, this is happening, but it might be a blessing in disguise because probably it might help him change his game and have more hunger in terms of coming back and doing it more. Because it would be great to see one day his talent being, you know, displayed in national team colors. But my biggest issue, it's not only Jangashi, only the case is, you know, what, what, what matches you know, the value of the player. Is it something that he has done or something that we wish and hope that he might do? Mm. You know, because now, because we're not looking at the stats. We're like, ah, Sean Roberts, no, give me 40 million. Mm. For what? For what? What did he do? <laughs> so now I think we we, we 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 come back into the team, you know, we 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 we, we, we paying so much money on those players and then we have so much expectation because we've invested in them so now the question also come back and as a team when do you expect uh, the person you've invested on to 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 start bringing results because of Kansas Chiefs assigned the boy when three years ago so now when you come back and exercise that option to keep him so what are you saying to yourself okay sharp if I'm investing at Sean Roberts for the next three years where am I expecting him to start bringing results and at that on its own in that period when he's there the team he's looking at the stats how many games mm. has he played how many this how many this and that should be his value don't come here and speak from 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 wherever you you think that is and then because you like the board now the price is going so up so high then that also being a distraction to the players progress because now the price is so high the stats are against the price the point that doesn't move is stuck there three years go down the line he's not even playing football when he comes back he's struggling to keep up because guys are four years ahead you know i think i think we we need to look at those type of yeah. things the boy is talented yes, but 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 it's just that it's it's frustrating to see me to see all these players that are talented be stuck in contract they don't want just because somebody needs to make money out of it because of why they they making money on what they were hoping like hey I'm buying this shoe I hope this shoe will make me fly now that the shoe doesn't make you fly I'm like ah damn it you know crust vibe yeah so I think we we need to value yeah, like players that. on what they've done yeah I think so it's important to value players on what they've done not what we're hoping and wishing that it would do I think that's the problem. Ronaldo is getting so much money because of what he has done. Yes. Peter's getting a new contract now with the big budget, with the big zeros because of what he has done. Yes, sir. Don't come here and and and, and whatever that you any just because we're hoping that one day you might be a top goal scorer. We'll give you that when you're a top goal scorer. Until then, hey, chief, stay humble. Agreed, thank you, agreed. thank you, Teco Compella. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, but, but I gotta agree you know what I can compare it to it's like when I buy a car I want it to be valued for what it can do you know what I'm saying oh, so yeah, <laughs> on that note Sean Roberts give us the car <laughs> quickly my boy Matthew Boots car so Mateo <laughs> Mateo <laughs> um, he has recently acquired the new 2019 A5 Sportback Audi um, 
which combines the features of several Audis, the sweeping lines of the A5 Coupe, the four-door layout, four layout and cargo space of the A4 sedan. The A5 includes a sport suspension and 19-inch wheels, not to 100 in five seconds. The A5 Sportback is praised for its excellent fuel efficiency. The Sportback model comes well-equipped with luxury necessities such as power front seats, leather upholstery, and a panoramic sunroof ranging from 800,000 to 1.2 mil. I give the ADA5 Sportback a solid 8 out of 10. Very, very nice. And we might as well wrap this bad boy up with a ribbon. Give us the motivational quote of the week. Yes, sir. So, courage is not a lack of fear. Courage is dealing with your fear. I like oh. that. Who's I that? Like that. Oh. Thank you very much. That's me, actually. That, that's, that's me. You? That's me. That's me. Oh, I, I thought that, I thought that was my toe, dude. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh loving God, it. So oh well, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to the car wash episode number twenty nine. Whether you're listening on SL Radio, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or Mahi Gang FM, that is how we wrap up game time. From myself, Slu, and my co-host Steko and Sean, thank you very much, and have a solid day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure, car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a hang on a corner.